Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to the colorful world of Skittles. Skittles brings you a jolt of five fruity flavors in every bite, giving you the chance to taste the rainbow like never before. Break free from the ordinary day-to-day with the help of Skittles Chewy Candy. Skittles is a must in my candy jar, movie snack, even my secret to an afternoon pick-me-up. And I don't even care who knows it. Add a splash of joy to your day with Skittles. There's nothing better than fruity fun that tickles your taste buds. Taste the rainbow. Come on, side, side, side. What's up, y'all? This is Ed Lover. Welcome to another episode of Come On, Son, the podcast. I got a special guest, but before I get to my special guest today, I got a few things on my chest that I want to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about is we keep jumping out the window as black people. Why are we jumping out the window when we really don't know what's going on? Everybody saw the video of the girl who got hit in the face with the brick who was talking about, I never did nothing to nobody. And she claims that it was because she didn't want to give a guy her phone number, that he hit her in the face with a brick and other men were standing around and didn't do nothing. So now we're back on this protect black women thing again. And of course, I got sisters and I got one sister and I got four daughters and I got a mother and I got aunties. And of course, I want to protect black women. Right. But. We also saw the video of her allegedly slapping a white dude that was staged. So how do we know that she ain't staging this? All I'm saying is, let's stop jumping out the window before we know what's going on. And the Erica Mena Spice thing from Love and Hip Hop. Come on, son. We know Love and Hip Hop is a soap opera. By this point, y'all have to know that it's not real. If you think that they threw Erica Mena off the show just not to bring her back on the show later on to cause some kind of drama and controversy, then you're dumber than you look. You're jumping out the window on that spice. She called spice a monkey. That's a racial slur. She said spice look like a blue monkey. It don't matter. She can't say that. It's all staged, and you keep falling for it. You keep jumping out the damn window on everything. Wake up, black people. Come on, son. Now let me get to my guest. My guest is a world traveler. She's been to over 89 countries. First of all, I can't even name 89 countries. That's number one. Number two, she's an attorney. 
She has a book out that we're going to talk about the book. She's been in the business and all over the place. And I am lucky enough to say that she's a friend of mine. The fabulous Miss Lisa Bonner is here. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Ed? How are you? 89 countries? 89 countries. I'm about to go to four more before the year is over. And it's September. You're going to four countries before September's over. Four more new countries before before the year is over. Which new countries are you going to? South Korea, Tibet, Bhutan, so maybe it's only three. Oh, and in uh, Rwanda before. And, and you've never been there before. Never. You never. Tibet was never on the on the list of just. These are eighty nine different countries I've been to, and I that's how I keep track. There's an app called Ben B E E N, uh-huh. and you can just go there and you can you can download it and you can just check all the countries that you've been to. That's how I know how many. I've what been to. made you want to go to all of these countries? What made you become such a world traveler? I don't know. Like, I guess I got it honestly from my dad. My dad had wanderlust. He was in the service. Um, you know, he he just had it. When he retired uh, from working, he went. He was in South Africa, like teaching kids English as a second language. He was just kind of all over the place. So I think part of it is the fact that I got it honestly. Um, second, were you a military brat? Well, my brothers were more so than me because okay. I I came along six years after my younger youngest brother so and my parents were divorced between them (laughs) wait a minute between me i'm a i'm a a child of a second marriage you a get back together yes i am a child of a second so your parents divorced how many how many of y'all were it's three we're all the same parents okay yeah so you got two older brothers two older brothers so your parents divorced after the second brother yes i ain't got nothing else to do with you that's it that's it they hook back up mm -hmm. Mama got pregnant. Yep. Got no, back no. They hooked back up, got remarried. Now, my brothers used to always try and tease me. They got me. remarried. They got remarried. I was a product of a second marriage. It's so funny because there was, you know, the show Blackish. On the first yes. season of Blackish, there was a, um, a episode that was entitled Bastard Child. Uh-huh. And it was basically the oldest, Zoe, decided, no, uh, found out that her parents got were she was born before her parents were married. Right. And it was like this big thing because her brothers were, te- like her family was teasing her and this, that, and the other thing. So I'm friends with Kenya Barris, the executive producer and writer and creator. So I told Kenya, I said, you know, I feel like like y'all had were looking into my life because this is literally like my whole life. Like when I was younger, my brother's like, you know, you're the bastard child. Like only reason our parents got, your parents, our parents got back together is because they have, you were an oops baby and all this stuff. And my mom was like, that's not right. I, that's not right. But but no, yes. they had already gotten married before. <laughs> they did, but they tried to lie. Of course, you. they were trying to lie to me the whole time. Like, I was, yeah. Yeah, it was like me telling my sister she was adopted. Yeah. Because it's three boys. Yeah. And it's her. And I was telling you, messed the family yeah, up. We course. found you outside That's somewhere. That's right. That, they used to tell really me that, too. Sister. They told me they found me by the side of the road. Yeah, all the all good that stuff. stuff. So, yeah. I back was a, of a back yes. of a uh, Walmart yes. or something like that. Yes. Yeah, that's what you tell mm-hmm. the baby sister in order to just keep her under thumb. That's right. And so, yeah. So, part of it was, you know, Genetics, I think, and the rest of it was just... How long did your parents stay divorced before they got back together? I would say maybe about... That's a good question. I need to ask my mom. Maybe about, like, three or four years. They were, really? Yeah, they were, they were, they were, they were like, divorced, divorced. Like, straight like, up. I don't want nothing else I'm to do with done. you. Yeah. Your mother had the boys? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you ever ask them what made them get back together? Yeah, I did. My mom was like, well, you know... I, your dad had changed. I was like, he, these, this man ain't changing. Like, I mean, my, <laughs> now my dad was a great dad. Like, let me just, right. but listen, 
whatever it was y'all got divorced the first time was why y'all got divorced the second time. And they stayed divorced after that. Right. And my dad got remarried once again, and that was a whole disaster. And then he never got remarried again. Okay, so your father <laughs> been married twice. Three uh, times, Three technically. times, technically. Three but twice two, to your mother <laughs> yes. and once to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, that's He's it. like, done. He's just not good at it. No, and then like the re- he like never had another girlfriend after that. Right. And like he used to frequent Rio is all I will say. Uh-huh. So Pops was just outside. He was after, just outside. After, after Pops was third. outside. He was like, I am done. I'm done. And it's then, three marriages and two women. Yes. And he was done. And there were his trips to Rio after that were his. Yeah. That's where. He yeah. was going wherever he needed to go to do what he needed that's to it. do. That's to right. keep himself happy. That is correct. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So that is where you get the one. Yeah, from. exactly. That's right. where you get it from. Exactly. Your parents being apart. Yep. Then they got back together. It was like, oh, let's have another baby. Yep. And then here you come. And then Pops is in the military. He's traveling. Mm-hmm. Then he retires and he keeps traveling. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get it from. Yeah. And my grandparents were travelers, you know, to the extent that, you know, the black people travel back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I just... And another thing that I learned, this is funny. Okay, so when I was in high school, like my, I'm dating myself, but my junior or senior year, um, you know the group Duran Duran. Yeah. I used to be the biggest, like, Duran Duran. Hungry like a wolf, Duran Duran. There you go. Yeah. So you know that video was filmed in Sri Lanka. Okay. Did not know that. Yes. And so it was really funny because... That you know, a little girl in landlocked St. Louis growing up, I was like, Oh my god, look at all the beautiful scenery, look at all the this. So, that that video like really inspired like my love of nature. I'm a cancer, so I'm a water baby, and I was like, This is amazing. And so, I've all like that really, I was like, There's so much world out there, like I hadn't seen. And this is you know, this is different now because kids these days have been everywhere, they've seen everything, but we didn't have the internet, we had encyclopedias, we didn't have all this stuff. So, Mm-mm. that really was the real big impetus for really me wanting to travel and see the world so uh say maybe about 2014 2015 somewhere around there i went to sri lanka and bombed that was your first trip to sri lanka uh-huh. yeah and photobombed my way through the duran duran video you and did. wrote about it on yeah for you for yahoo travel you can probably still find you can find all my travel docs on online oh okay yeah so i wrote about it on yahoo travel my editor was like this would make a great because i was telling her the story like i was always wanting to go to sri lanka right because of that and then you know and then she was like oh and all the you know the statues and all the parks and the beach most of those were were from a UNESCO heritage, various UNESCO heritage sites. Mm-hmm. So, and we were just going to see the UNESCO heritage sites. And then we were, I was like, oh my God, this is like we're half the <laughs> video. This is the straight it's, it's video for Hungry yeah. Like a Wolf. Yeah, I remember straight this. up. Mm-hmm. So now you look at it through different, <laughs> different well, lens. Yeah, yeah you, you absolutely do. When yeah. you travel, do you mostly travel by yourself? Or? Sometimes I do. Um, sometimes I do solo trips. Um, most of the time I travel with other people. On my first solo trip in 2020, 10 um, when nobody was really solo traveling I met a group two um, a couple um, from Rio um, two guys they're married and they are fantastic and I met them and we have been really good friends ever since and we have traveled like the entire world together there go places with me that my black friends won't go like they just <laughs> they, 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 I was like let's go to Sri Lanka they were like okay are there places that black people just really kind of like, They're like, nah. well, try and get a black person to go with you to Bhutan. Like, you might find one. Where is Bhutan? Exactly. It's Where in the Himalayas. <laughs> in the Himalayas? No, I'm Himalayas. not going there. Exactly. I'm like, that's cold. Exactly. I was talking. I was at, uh, where was I? At 
ColorCom, and we were a bunch of us were sitting there afterwards, and like, you know, Star Jones and a bunch of other people, like we were all sitting there. And she was like, "I am not going to no Bhutan." I was like, "Why? It's like fantastic. Don't you want to climb to the birds?" And she was like, "I am not doing that." You know, so I do a lot of stuff like I, that that traditionally we don't do. Right. I'm a scuba diver, and people be like, "What?" The hell for real are you doing down 80 did you feet? just see that that what happened see, that, see how that see submarine? how we doing that's what black people do yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm not no, doing listen, that. we ain't, i'm not going down to the depths of <laughs> of uh what the are you bottom swimming of the ocean amongst though Would sharks no nah, i'm not doing see? that i'm not doing come on son I, to me because i'm not doing it <laughs> first on, of all son. i'm Deathly afraid of deep water. You could go. I won't even sit. Feet. I won't even sit out on the balconies or on a cruise ship. You are right crazy. over the water. I won't do it. I'm scared. Yeah, see, see, that's what I'm saying. That's why you have to have. Well, not why, but that's one of the many benefits of having friends of other cultures. Right, but I know I'm gonna panic. I know I'm gonna panic. Right. You don't. You didn't panic the first time you tried the scuba dive. The first time, very, very, very long ago in 1997, absolutely I panicked because I learned, when I was learning to dive, there was like the worst time. It was in Aruba. And when the seas are really rough, it's like around March, April, like Uh the seas. And so the shimmed foot wave came and damn near swallowed me under. I was like, I am not getting back on there. I'm not going underwater. So I shelved it for about, I would say maybe... 15 years or so and uh-huh. then i was like one time i was in saint lucia and there's a thing called snuba and you're tethered to the boat with like a hundred foot you know tether to the boat and you right. can just kind of go down 30 feet but you you know you have a tank on your back but it's not and i was like this is great it's not like exactly like scuba diving because right, because you're connected to yeah, the boat and that's where your air source comes from and right. this is all the kind of stuff so i was like this is pretty dope so i tried it again after that and i was like i'm hooked yeah it's scuba dive. A scuba diver. You're not afraid of what's surrounding you, sharks and other deep sea. I'm more afraid mammals. of the water than I am of the animals underwater. Why? Like, for sure. Because like the last time I went, like there was something wrong with my mask. Oh. And then water just like like I lost <laughs> about six hundred PSI and it all like ran into my face and my and I'm sitting there like Oh my God, that's why I don't ever stray too far from the dive instructor. Now, I'm not crazy. Right. I might be adventurous, but I am not crazy, okay? I'm okay. just not. So, all this water started rushing into my mask, and I'm like, uh, okay, like, how do I do this? Right. And, you know, they had to, you know, I had to switch regs under, and we were like at 80 feet deep. So, I had to, like, get his octopus and switch regs and, you know, put his regulator in my mouth. But I'm, you know, if, if you panic or if I inhale like that, I'm You're dead because I'm, I'm inhale, I'm too much water. So, I was like, Oh, like I don't know how to do this, but I did it twice. I had to switch regs twice underneath. Why under and eighty feet of water? What is what do you think is the most beautiful thing that you say you could you saw scuba diving? Oh my gosh! Like I would say manta rays. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I would say whale sharks. Like, you know, the kind they have up here at the aquarium, yeah. the Georgia Aquarium. If y'all haven't been to the aquarium, you go. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But the whale sharks are like Oh my God, they're huge, and they're just beautiful, just majestic creatures. They're just amazing, just beautiful. And they really not paying any attention they to you not, at all. They are not messing with y'all. Like they're just going about your business. They're like they can kill us with a switch of a tail. Right. So you just you know you respect them. They respect you. Respect their space. That's right. And you know you swim right next to them. I went uh, in South Africa. I did. Um, where we call cage diving with great whites. 
No, see, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Lisa, Lisa, yeah. that, no. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You they got the scuba gear the on, yeah. they drop you down in the cage, and the great whites is like, bang, bang. You did that? Yeah, like three times. Three different times in South Africa. Yeah. You just rolling the dice on your life. <laughs> no. Like, you just got the dice. I rebuke that. Like I rebuke this. that. Take it back. No, I am divinely protected. Why would you protected. do that? Because it's fun, and it's not, it's not dangerous. Like, nobody's ever died from, like, you know, cage diving. The great white could never like chomp through a cage. No, it's you know it was crazy. Now they they trying, the, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, oh yeah, one thousand percent. They're absolutely trying. <laughs> so when you scuba diving, do you know that I'm like, let's just say you off the coast of South Africa, you scuba diving. Is that great white infested water? Or now, you yes, don't know? That, that is, but that's why you don't scuba dive off the coast of. You know, there's certain places where you can go. Right. But they, so, okay. you know, but so the place that we went, we, you know, rode a boat for an hour and they take you to like Great White Shark, Great Great White Shark Alley. And that's where all. That's the, what it's you, called? Yeah. But wow. you don't just go freestyle and then go, right. you know, so you don't do that. And when you go to these certain other places to go diving with like nurse sharks, the, the place that they usually take you, the, the sharks are familiar with people. Because, you know, they they associate, you know, we're, they're around a lot. So the sharks really are accustomed generally to people. Okay. Yeah. But not in South Africa. Or no, not great white great, shark. Great white shark yeah. alley. alley. I know that was a place. Yeah, it's a, it's a real, real place. <laughs> yeah. It's a real Where place. haven't you gone that you that's on your bucket list? Like, I have to go with All it. four places that I'm going to this the rest of the year. This is the rest of the bucket list right here. Well, I got, let's see, after that, I'll have to figure out some more places to go. Well, you just do, you doing coming to America now? You got to go. Right. Well, you know, like, Eddie like, Murphy, we go here. Well, like, for the, re- like, Korea was never on my bucket list. Okay. But that's the easiest way to get to Tibet. So I was like, well, I'm going to Tibet. I'm going to go through Seoul. Um, I tried to go through India, uh-huh. but um, I couldn't really go through India just because the timing didn't work. There's a, you know, so I reverse engineer my trips a lot. I'm like, okay, who flies into Tibet? Because not everybody fly, not all carriers like fly into Tibet. So you go to the website to figure out which carriers do, and I reverse engineer my trip from that. So I could get there through Mumbai, I could get there through Seoul, I can get there through a couple other places. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Seoul is cool. I've never been to South Korea. K-pop is a thing, you know. Like, so I was like, oh, I'll go to Seoul. So I'm doing like two days in Seoul. Um, Tibet was just part of the, you know, itinerary. I'm like, okay, so we'll do that. And who doesn't want to go like commune with the Dalai Lama? That's know? true. You know, that's very true. Although he was like, you know, recently accused of like tonguing a kid, but it's cool. We're not. We're not. We're not we're going not, down the Dalai Lama. We're not going down that. We got respect hole. for the Dalai Lama. Right, Mama. we do. So okay. I. We love you, Dolly. Yes, Mama. we really do. Put so, you right here, on, right there, where Lisa's sitting. Me, you can have a conversation. Yeah. About so, that. yeah, but I had to say that as a disclaimer. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But Bhutan is just that's in the Himalayas. Why you want to go to Himalayas? Is it cold? At, not that the time of year that we're going is supposedly a really good time of year to go. So it's not, you know, it's like. 60s, 50s, 60s, so it's not that bad. Oh, oh, okay, okay, because yeah. you know black people Oh, do. yeah, we are. No, nah, like we don't cold. like go nowhere cold. Mm-hmm. That's, now if I, you mm-hmm. probably, like, we don't, I don't know anybody mm-hmm. except rich black people. Mm-hmm. That are my friends that'll be like, oh, let's go spend New Year's Eve in Aspen. Nah, Nobody I don't want to go, go up there. Aspen. It's cold. It's cold. Right, so yeah. why do I want to go yeah. to more cold from the cold? Yeah. We usually like to go to tropical. Right, exactly. Now, you know black people mm-hmm. be like, I need to see some blue water. Yep, exactly. That's what we want to see. That's where we going. 
friends. We'll go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. We'll go where the blue water is. Mm. It's nice and hot. We don't want to go up into the, the Himalayan mountains. Well, we will, but it won't be too. It won't be too cold then. All right, that's good. So, so what are your tips for people who want to travel? In general? Yeah, and see the world. Like you're um, seeing the world. Um. Well, first of all, I would say that my biggest thing I would say to people is don't wait for other people. If there is somewhere that you really want to go, go. You know, if your friends don't want to go, I would say, you know, just go. Because a lot of times that people don't do these things is because they're waiting for other people. Sometimes people don't want to go. Sometimes it might be out of their price range. The work, you can't get off work. There are various reasons why people, you know, can't go. So I try and tell people solo traveling is so um, inspiring and it's, it's, something that I think all people should do. You're on your own itinerary. You you are getting your, um, you can do whatever you want. You are, you're by yourself. You'll make, you make new friends. Like that's how I met my, I call them the, the boys. Like that's how I met Brazilians, you know, because I was by myself. And I would have been talking to my friend and, and nine times out of 10, I would have never have met them. They're amazing. I love them. They're, we, like I said, we've traveled to probably 20 places together. They came here for my birthday one year. I just went back there for, you know, it was a milestone birthday. I went back there for his birthday. You know, so it, you would just meet people you never would have otherwise met. So that's my first, I guess, tip is to just go. If you want to go, just figure it out and make it happen. That's the biggest thing. I agree. Second thing I would say is do not underestimate the power of points, meaning airline points, hotel points, um, frequent traveler points, whether it's like hotels.com, Expedia, whatever, whatever it is, try uh, and sign up with, you know, at least an airline, at least an airline, because you can cash those miles in. You can use them. Credit card points are amazing. Um, it's often a way to defray your expenses once you, um, get enough miles. So I, for me, I put everything possible on my American Express so I can get those miles, I mean, get those points and cash them in. And those points add up, you know. You're not getting anything by using a debit card. That's why I tell people, like, don't use a debit card, especially not for big purchases, you know. Mm. Um, you're not getting any return on that. So the points are another big thing that I really recommend to people. Um, and then, you know, tr learning to manage that. Um, when you travel um, places, you know, you can, there's a million different things that you can do to really get engrossed in the culture. Like I, you know, hire this company, Tours by Locals, and that is, you know, they have vetted local um, tourist, uh, tourism uh, people um, that they can take you around. They'll take photos, they'll take you to places off the beaten path, and they're local people. So you're also supporting the local economy, which is great, as opposed to some big, you know, tourism company. And they vet these people, so that's really good. Right. So those are like, you know, some really good tips that I would I suggest. always find when I travel that the best food is not ever on the resort. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always Get find off. somebody local. Yeah. And it, I always go, take sure. me to where you, you eat would, That's right. And it's oftentimes, like, not even somewhere that you will find, you know, on TripAdvisor or Yelp right. or somewhere like mm -hmm. that. You know, if it's if it's a restaurant that they are, it's on, like, the main street and it's one of the highly popular restaurants, just go right off that beaten path. Just go down the street just a little bit, just off the beaten path, and you'll find local spots. Yeah. Where people Yeah, and yeah. and and. Back to what you was talking about traveling alone. I did that uh, a couple of years ago. I decided uh, to go somewhere to Aruba mm -hmm. by myself. This is back when Sinbad was having his 70s yes. Soul and Funk Festival. Yes. 
And I couldn't get anyone to go with me. Mm -hmm. And I just said, you know what? I'm going. Forget about it. I jumped on a plane. I booked my hotel room. And I went. And I met a friend now that's been my friend, one of my closest friends for 20-something years. Big up to Big Tom. Mm -hmm. I met him on that trip. I met a lot of other people on the trip just for being by myself. That's right. And you probably would have never have met Mm -mm. this person because you would have been engrossed in talking to your friend or whomever else that you were talking to and you never would have met. Like my life would be so different if I had never met the boys, like so completely different. There have been so many places that I would never have. I mean, I would have had to go by myself or something. And just just by that fact that you're embracing other people when you're – when you're out, yeah. when you're in a in a group of people, sometimes it's difficult. Yeah, you it know, really where is. Where we want to eat, yeah. we gotta wait for everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't eat that. We can't go over there. Yeah, it's like okay. I don't want to go here. I don't want to go there. So sometimes it's better. Like my wife and I met a couple in Las Vegas. We went to Vegas, and uh, we met a couple just at um. They had this ice ice bar mm-hmm. in Vegas. Yeah, and when we came out of out of the ice bar, we we're sitting in the other place. Everybody's warming up. And just three couples just started chatting. And there was one couple there, and they were from from Ireland and England. But they mm. lived in England, and they were engaged, and they kept talking about getting married. So a lot of shots later, we were like, let's do it. Y'all should get, <laughs> yeah. like, we were thinking about it. It was like, yo, let's get, you, get y'all married right now. <laughs> and we went downstairs, and we got a limo. What? And we stopped at the store, and we got some champagne. And we went to I love the this. Justice of the Peace. And I signed, and I they it. got married. I and love they it. got married right there. So they went home with the photographs, and their friends were like, is that Ed Lover? <laughs> he was like, Ed Lover's your best man? <laughs> How the hell did you get Ed Lover to That be your... is crazy. And it was crazy. like, hey, we just met him in Vegas. I love that. I you love just that. Just meet people. Yep. When you out, and especially, I will tell everybody at least one time in your life. Uh, at least. Go And don't you. just go to Miami mm-hmm. Or L.A., Mm-mm. go out of the country by yourself. Go out of the country. Go out of the country. Yep. Even if you go for something that, that somebody else is doing, just go out of the country mm-hmm. by yourself. That's right. You'd I be agree. surprised who you'll meet when mm-hmm. you're out of the country. And your life will change. Because yes. Because people of other cultures, we view thin, things through our ethnocentric lens, of course, right? right? Through American and through a black person's eye. And that because those are our experiences. But other people have such a different experience and so it's wonderful. Like you, it opens your eyes and really exposes our similarities as people, right? And opens us up to new ideas, new cultures, and really realizing we're just all the same at the at the core. We we love our families. We you know we love to travel. Whatever it is, we're like the same in so many instances. And then you already have that in common with that person. You know that person is traveling because you're a traveler and you met each other on a on a trip. You know, so that's a great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I tell everybody, yeah. go out of the country, and if you can't, take your children out of the oh, country. Oh, yeah, for sure. Take your children. I don't 1, care if you go. I don't care where you go. Yeah. Take your kids out of the country. We got to take a break. We're going to take a little break. More with Miss Lisa Bonner right here. We're going to talk about her book when we come back. It's the Ed Lover Experience. This is Come On, Son, the podcast. Come on, son. Audible proudly celebrates 50 years of hip-hop, 50 years of culture that birthed the most prolific storytellers of our time. Respect the movement, respect the moment, celebrate storytellers. Hear brand-new hip-hop memoirs, podcasts, and exclusive musical performances on Audible free all summer long, like new volumes from Audible's groundbreaking words and music series, including Snoop Dogg's From the Streets to the Suites, Yasin Bey's A Dynamic Career in Communications, and Little Kim's The Audacity 
of Little Kim. DJ Drama's Gangsta Grills featuring the mixtape legend and conversation with hip-hop greats like 2 Chainz, Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, Jeezy, T.I., and Pharrell. Binge-worthy Audible original series like The Greatest Day that take listeners inside the making of hip-hop's greatest photograph. XXL Magazine's iconic 1998 cover that saw over 100 of the day's greatest hip-hop artists assembled for one legendary image. Chuck D's Can You Dig It? about how a gang peace treaty in the Bronx set the stage for the rise of hip-hop culture. Or The Motherload, featuring hip-hop heavies like MC Light, Angie Martinez, and more, retracing the history and future of hip-hop through the lens of its most influential female contributors. Hear unforgettable hip-hop originals like these and more essential stories on Audible. Listen free. Go to audible.com slash forever. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you know you're getting a real deal. Whether you're looking for a head-turning handbag or a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gym, or sneakers and streetwear that makes every step feel fly. It's like the first time I was looking for them Jordan 1s. Like when they really came out and I couldn't get my hands on them. And it was something about that sneaker that I always wanted to have because I never got it in the very, very, very beginning. I fell in love with that sneaker. And when I finally got it, oh, baby. These days, to know for sure you're getting a real deal, go straight to eBay when you're searching. Just look for that blue check mark. It will say authenticity guarantee. That means when you buy it, you can be confident that it's authenticated by real experts. You got to get it from eBay because then you know you got the real deal. Now you know that when something is limited and you can't find it, you can find it on eBay. Listen, when you're finally ready to buy that thing that you love, you have to make sure you're not going to catch a fake. They're everywhere, and it's really tough to tell the difference for yourself. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, that's easy. So again, look for the blue check mark. That way, when it hits your doorstep, not only do you know it's real, but that feeling you get when you put it on is also for real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Come on, son. Back with more. Come on, son. The podcast. My special guest this week is the fabulous Miss Lisa Bonner, world traveler, attorney, and author. Author of what? The Legalities of Entrepreneurship. You forgot to add best-selling author. The Legalities of Entrepreneurship. <laughs> best-selling author. Lisa Bonner. What made you decide to write that book? I mean, when you talk about a labor of love, that's what decide, That's what really inspired me to write the book. Uh-huh. You know, because as being in the field of law that I'm in. Which um, is? Which is entertainment, transactional. Okay. I am not a litigator. So I help people, artists, studios, um, you know, get music and television and film projects to the screen, right? Um, And I help producers and music people get their stuff put out to the mainstream. Um, So there, I just realized that there are not, a lot of people don't know how to start a business because there's so much information out there and you don't know what you don't know. And it's like, you can find it here. You can find some information here. You can find some information here. And I do help a lot of people start their own businesses, at least give them the information, send them to their CPA to get, you know, figure out the best 
tax information. I mean, the best tax strategy for you. And then, you know, so I just realized that a lot of people really needed the help and they don't know what they don't know. Now, also, it's very expensive to hire a lawyer, right? And so for a lot of people just starting out, this might be something that is out of their price range. So this is kind of like my gift to people, right? Okay. For $19.99, or sometimes it's on sale at Amazon, right? Even lower than that. And so for that price, you can get a whole primer from A to Z on how to start your own business. And the beauty of that is um, in, it's called the legalities because I start you from A to Z on how to start your own business from really like your business plan to the corporate structure that you might have, you know, to funding, to hiring employees versus independent contractors, insurance, trademarking, copyrights, you name it, it's all in there. So between the chapters, the hardcore like chapters, which are actually very easy to read, because that is one of my gifts, being able to put break things into bite-sized pieces. So in between those legal chapters, I have what's called tea time, where I sit down with the reader and put it all into a first-person perspective, right? It's a narrative, war story, cautionary tales, um, ways to, you know, really, you know, things that have, from my experience, mm -hmm. right, of things that could happen, did happen, narrow misses that I've avoided, or the way I've stayed above the fray for a particular chapter that's coming up. So if we're talking about employees, I'm giving you the skinny about, you know, a cautionary tale that happened to me, which is actually really um, funny. Um, not funny, but it was a near miss. But, you know, like... Give it to me. Well, I was... I worked... It's a kind of a... Yeah. All right, so I worked... When I was in L.A., I was about 13 years in, ready to move back to New York. And I was recruited by a lawyer named Mark Dreyer. Um, he had... He was like... Had a firm. He had four law firms over the country and was like really starting this amazing law firm that he wanted to pay lawyers the way that they should be paid, which is salary and bonus versus the way a lot of law firms pay, which is a draw, which is, Hey, we'll advance you, let's say a hundred thousand dollars. You got to work that off. Then once right. you work that off, you get paid. For, no. So, um, and hired the best and brightest from everybody. He, he recruited me. I was head of film and TV and a partner in the music, in the music practice. And I was like, great, moved me from L.A. to New York, got a big plush office on 59th and Park. And then a year to the date, he was convicted of, what was it, impersonating a Canadian pension fund manager and absconding with $450 million. <laughs> right. And this was like right before Bernie Madoff and the Ponzi scheme. Right. So that was for about a week the biggest you know, news on. So that was were, it for it was, everybody. Was, yeah. So I was like, and I had, I was a partner, but I was not a partner. I was a partner. I was an employee with a partner title. Okay. I was not a partner in, and none of us were, it was his own, which he was uh, clearly knew what to do. So he would never implicate all of us. Right. But I was a, an employee with a partner title versus an employee uh, with a, versus a partner with a partner title. Right. Uh, an equity partner where I could have been ha held liable for his faults and malfeasance, any, even though I didn't really know anything about it. Right. So that's the intro. But there's a lot more juicy stuff in there. But yeah. So it's you can find a story on MSNBC greed. You know, four hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. And like he bought he bought his house. He had a house in the Hamptons and then he bought the house next door to him so he could be his own next door neighbor like he, you know it was like crazy stuff like that wow. yeah he had like our offices had amazing artwork he had a um 
a penthouse like um in Columbus uh Columbus Circle the um, yeah, yeah yeah the shops of Columbus Circle yeah 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 what that, that hotel yeah. is what's the name of that Mandarin. hotel now Mandarin. I, I used to a, live on the same street but he had a whole he yeah. had a penthouse at the Mandarin Hotel yeah yeah but I ain't had no penthouse at the right. Mandarin Hotel I was in a regular old, you know, <laughs> midtown high rise. Right, on, on a midtown right high rise down the street. 60th Jeez. in Columbus, yeah. Impersonating yeah. a Canadian. Yeah. Mm. What was it? A, a Canadian pension officer. How the fuck you do that? I put that under the category of only white people. Uh, oh, yeah. that's the only white people can get away with shit they, like that. Well, he is now in jail. They, they, yeah, so Harvard. Uh, Dedicated a class to him. Vanity Fair did a case study, and MSNBC covered him on a um, episode of American Greed. Oh, he's on American. Oh, I gotta look up that. I yeah, love Mark Dreyer, D R E I E R. I gotta look that oh, up. Yeah. And there's been a, several other articles written about him. But yeah. right, yeah. So what happened to you after that? After all of that, I, everything got gone. Every well, I was I had my own clients that I rolled in. Okay. So I took my own clients and I rolled them back out. <laughs> and I was like, hey, y'all about to hear about this? I'm not involved in any of this. Right. And we're gonna keep it pushing. And so I um, start restarted my firm, which was Bonner Law PC that I had in um, L.A. I filed it uh, in New York where I still practice, where my office mm-hmm. still is. Um, and the rest was, you know, history. I cooperated with, you know, the bankruptcy trustee in the courts and gave them everything. But we had, nobody had any knowledge of anything that he was doing, which he was, I guess we can thank him for that. Yeah, he isolated yeah, himself and right. kept y'all out and of then, it. Right, and then hired us all as employees. Yeah, but I really, that, that, was, a, that was a great year. I mean, from, you know. So I you grew it. up in St. Louis, Missouri? Mm-hmm. And where did you go to college? I started off at Boston College, and I graduated from University of Missouri Journalism School. How, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did a young lady from St. Louis, Missouri, end up in Boston, Massachusetts? So and what long. kind of culture shock is that? Well, for me, okay, so my brother went to BC, but my brother and I are completely different. My brother is a total freaking nerd. Like, he's a nerd. He is a, he was a math major with a chemistry, math and chemistry major. Mm-hmm. Like, He's that dude. It's cool to be a right, nerd. Right, right. He's the nerd, but he's cool. We have completely different social lives. Okay. Um, and but I went to a Jesuit. I went to a Sacred Heart school, which is the sister school of a Jesuit. Right. I was a Catholic girl. Went to Catholic schools for ninety percent of my life, and I was like, oh, my brother went there, and it's great, and I'll go. And I can I curse? Yes. I fucking hated it. Really. I fucking hated every fucking second <laughs> what, of it. What? What is? What the about white it? people and listen. I love white people. I love all people. Let me just right. be clear. I don't like small-minded, provincial anybody. Black, right. white, yellow. And they had a bunch of small town, small town, small town provincial white folks. Like mm-hmm. 80% of the population was from a 50-mile radius of Boston. At the time, there had been people who had never seen a black person in real life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so now you kind yeah, of see so like, uh, where New Edition comes yeah, from that. Right. Roxbury, right. black, oh, black, yeah, black the Roxbury, side. Roxbury, Jamaica Plains, and, and, and Mattapan, they, they were like all yeah, like. Yeah, it's a foreign it's a land foreign, to them. Completely. Like, you know. And I lived in Chestnut Hill amongst all the white people. And then, like, you know, I had white people that would come up to me and, like, talk jive and, like, yo, what's up? And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm about to steal you in your shit. face. Oh. Like that. You know, so. Yeah, it was just a lot, you know. And then, like, my next-door neighbor, like, the guy who used to speak jive to me, was, like, a base head. Like, whoever, like, this was before the crack epidemic. But, huh? 
Yeah, what does jive sound like? Yo, what's up? How you doing? Like, trying you know, it's to, all trying be, to, put trying to be black. black. Like this, black you know, shit. like, yeah. And I was like, really who that. are you talking to? Just because they're talking to you. you. Right. And I'm like, That's I don't even job. speak like that. And you're a bass head. You're freaking coke, cooking coke <laughs> next door to me. You know, and this is like, no, it's like a fact. So needless to say, you I got was like, let me head. get and Well, I was going to stay because I was like, whatever. But then when I decided to declare my major, I wanted to be a sociology major. My mom was like, you will never make any money. And I know, who, <laughs> I know you. So that's a no. Right. Um, then there were a couple of English. I was like, what the fuck are you going to do with an English major? I was right. like, I don't know. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a journalism major. I can write my ass off. So then I was like, they don't have a journalism program. So it was either switch to BC, I mean BU, right. which had a great journalism program, or go to Mizzou, which is an even better journalism program and is right in my backyard. Okay. And so I, went to, I switched to Mizzou and went to their J school. Okay. And that was great. So how'd you go from journalism to law? Now here's another... Well, <laughs> then I was like, okay, this is crazy. All right. Once I was about to graduate from college and I realized, like I started interviewing and I was like, I'm about to go to Paducah, Kentucky and make like $12. I was like, I don't want to do that as a journalist, like working in the off market. I'm just like, did not want to do that. Even though I switched schools to be a journalism major. Right. right? So then I had some friends that were like, oh my God, they were, uh, they were investment bankers. And they were, I was like, y'all have a great life. And they was like, yeah, you should try it. You should throw your head in the ring. I was like, oh, I, am, I don't even know numbers. I am like, I suck at math. And they were right. like, who cares? They want a liberal arts major. I was like, okay. So I threw my hat in the ring and got an offer from Payne Weber and from Lehman, both of which are now defunct, but were very, very amazingly good um, investment banks. Right. And so I took a job at investment banking and used my journalism degree, ironically, because like, I didn't do numbers, so they they were right about that. But I would interpret the data that they would get and for the RFPs, and I would you know kind of like write the RFPs for the right. Yeah. So then I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life, and I would literally sleep at the printers because you had to take and deliver the RFP by hand. There was no email at the time. I'm dating myself completely, but I would like sleep at the printer, go home, take a shower, change, hop on a plane, and go deliver the RFP, get on a plane, come back. Now the lawyers, the bond lawyers were gone like at 10 o'clock and I was like oh my god they have a great life that was what I was saying like I right. had a freaking great life and here I am at six in the morning still waiting for this stuff to print off I was like oh let me look into going to law school and that's what I did really that's because the bond lawyers was out of there and your ass was still I'm not the struggle girl I'm not the struggle like my mother knew me she was like Mm-mm, no can't do it you're not you're not gonna make any money so she knew she knows her child. So, yes, I was like, they got a good life. Let me at least look into being a lawyer. Right. And then I did. Would you take political science or nothing? You just went from... I didn't take any classes. Straight to law school? Law, law school don't care about that. They care about your writing. They care about your LSATs. And they care... That, well, I don't know what they care about these days. Because everything... Right. And they're about to do away with the LSATs. Or <sighs> anyway, back in the day, they really just... They cared about you, your, you know, your work. They would prefer... That you know you had gone you know to at NYU at least they preferred that you had some work experience which I did right. you know, a couple of years at a very great you know prestigious Wall Street law firm I had you know good grades and I had um, you know I tested well mm-hmm. I was like throw my hat in the ring there we go and how long did it take before you got your law degree straight four years three years three years yeah it's only three and years and where'd you pass the bar at New York uh, I am licensed in two jurisdictions uh, California was the first. 
I took that and um, it was a three year three day bar, which is the hardest in the country. Okay. Coming from a New York law school, and I must say, I passed on the first try. Yes, Thank you girl, very much. go girl. Come on, son. What'd Come you on, say. <laughs> the and first so go then, around? yeah, and then when I was at, in 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 New York, I got licensed there. Okay. And California is harder than New York. California is the traditionally known as the hardest, most difficult bar in the country. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So take you Google three, it. Three days to go through that. Yep. Matter of fact, while we're talking about mm-hmm. it, congratulations to Dr. Dre's daughter, Anjali, just passed the bar exam in New York City. Oh, well, yeah. hey, congratulations. Congratulations That's to right. her. That's right. Yeah, that's good. Beautiful. I love it. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we can hire her. Go take care of this for daddy exactly. and your uncle Ed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's that was how I got into... Law. That's quite a journey, Lisa. I know. It's a very roundabout. But my, you know, the good thing is, even though I didn't, you know, uh, traditionally practice journalism, when I got, you know, it served me well. When I got into law school, I I know how to write. I mean, I knew how to write my ass off. Like, I, and, you know, when I started, you know, writing for, you know, as a journalist Mm -hmm. later on in life, like I've written for major publications, both about travel and about pop culture, politics, Right. All of that. So, yeah. Yeah, I see you you, you popping up in the po- in the political arena a lot yeah, lately. You know, I'm popping. I got something to say. <laughs> you know me, Ed. Yeah, you know Lisa know. Bonner always going to have an opinion. I always got something to say. But I, I speak truth. To, yeah, I speak truth to power. Like, right. we're we about to get into it with Donald Trump and his 91 indictments. But like, it, this is going to be a whole interesting election cycle. You know what kind of pissed me off about that, which I didn't understand? I think I heard somebody bring it up the Ooh, other tell day. Me. Why was he able to go in, post bond early, and spend about a half an hour, and a lot of the money that was spent were taxpayers' dollars from Atlanta, bringing his ass from Hartsfield. Why wasn't he treated like anybody else? If I would have got arrested, even if I had turned myself in, I have to sit and wait for my bond hearing. Because he, no matter what happens, he will always have Secret Service protection for life. Well, then let the, I understand that mm-hmm. because Obama yeah. has, and so does all other, Jimmy Carter, all yeah. of them have it. I get that. But what does that have to do with the Atlanta PD giving him a motorcade? Let the Secret Service do it. Well, that was probably the Secret Service did have a, they it was their Secret Service motorcade. But also I would I would venture to say, no, I don't know, that you know it's Fonnie Willis in the city of Atlanta right. who are who was prosecuting him. Yes. So I would assume that they were working together. I agree with you. Like, you know, listen, it's our taxpayers' money, but... Young Thug, YSL, Polo, all of them got RICO counts against them. But they have never been president. So why is he getting special treatment? Do you get special you, treatment? Yeah, you do. If he, I remember one time mm-hmm. he said, I could shoot somebody I in the agree. middle of the street He's and y'all will vote shit. for me. Like, no doubt about it. He's a complete piece of shit. But that he is he is the president. He was the president. He was the worst president. So it doesn't matter no. what pre- a president would do. They would get the same exact treatment. I think if he go like he will, I will venture to say he will get convicted on one of these ninety one counts, if not many more, because of right. his own. So the the issue is going to be what to do with a pre- former president who is convicted. Like how do you house a president? Who is convicted. Because he gets Secret Service. Yeah. But once you get convicted, that should be all gone. It's really? not. I don't think it is. No, it's this not. is never. This is, it's, nev- this is it's unprecedented. It's Secret Service for right. life, you know? Right. I don't think there was a carve out for, you know, you lose that protection if you were. If you're convicted, if you were convicted of a of, felony. A felon, you know? Like, I don't think so. None of this stuff was contemplated. Think wow. about it. We cannot 
in certain states, the felonies, uh, an ex-convict does not have the right to vote. Right. But someone who has been, well, who has been indicted on 91 counts does get to, they, they can not only vote, but they can run for president. Right. Because you're And still the front run of the Republican Party the, as we speak. That's because the stupid as American public. Will buy anything. Buy anything. Yeah. And what let me just, I, speaking of travel, uh-huh. we are the freaking laughing stock and have been since 2015 of the world. Really? Yes. Yes. Because people want to know, like, how this stuff happens. Like, nobody, nobody can believe it. <laughs> nobody can I believe it. I can hardly it. believe yeah. it. Yeah. And so imagine how we look to the rest of the world. Like, we right. look crazy. Like, people all over, like, Trump, Trump. They're like, oh, my God. And and, and every time it becomes a little yeah, more less gets, respect yeah. for Americans yeah. and American people. Because now they look at us like we're completely yeah, idiots. complete idiots. And it used to be the place that they wanted to come to yep. to try to better themselves. Yep. Now they're looking at that where they live at, like, that's what's happening in the United States? Yeah. Y'all are stupid. Yeah. I mean, capitalism and American... Life has its benefits, but it has its drawbacks. Like, right. I talked to my friends, like, we, we were having a conversation when I was in Rio with one of my friends who lives in Luxembourg, and she's like, the like, everybody, nobody can believe, like, the price of drugs. Nobody can believe, like, I mean, prescription drugs. Right. You know, like, the fact that it costs, you know, us a trillion dollars to have health insurance per month. And the fact on that, the top of that, we have outrageous deductibles, then we have to pay a co, you know, copay for our drugs if it's covered. Right. If it's not, you're coming out, you know, two, three, four, six hundred, twelve hundred dollars for a drug. Like people cannot believe that we actually live like that. Right. You know. But then you know they. And pay, it's all subsidized by the United States government. Yeah. Who well, we also pay taxes yeah, to. But you know the the trade off sometimes is. We see as Americans, we want our cake and eat it too. We don't want to pay the higher taxes to have universal health care. Right. But. You know, we also don't want to pay this. So, you know, we need – it's going to be – it's hard to reconcile, you know, the taxes that we do pay into the fact that we don't have universal health care. Mm-hmm. And then the Republicans wanted – you know, Obamacare or the Affordable Health Care Act came in, and they, like, completely, you know, dragged us for that. Right. And it's like, oh, well, but it's so important that people have health care. But why would the Republicans want to take away a basic human right that we are entitled to? Why are they trying? Why are they trying to, and have been trying to remove health care? Why is it the fact that a man who has never had a period, who has never carried a baby, mm. can tell us what to do with our bodies? Would you want me to tell you to get a freaking um, vasectomy? Would no. you want me to tell you that? Would no. you want me to tell you what you can and cannot do? No. So if if they're going to do that, if they're going to tell us that we need to carry a baby, then start making that man pay for m- mandate. That you all are starting to cover my baby in the womb. That's right. From from inception, when that baby's a fetus, then that baby needs to be covered. Right. Give me health care for that. But the funny Maybe, thing is, yeah. black women don't understand that it's not about it's not about black women not having abortions. It's about white women not oh, having abortions. Oh, white women. Th- that's what you know. They, they have more abortions. They do, than and, but you do know what most of this is about, right? Yeah, trying to protect and and, 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 and get the numbers, the, right, the, the white numbers race. of the white race yeah, up because they're losing that's right exactly now. Exactly right. The more black people, Latinos, come out, and the more people of color come together that don't have anything, yep. they bond together more. It doesn't matter because it's going to be all brown kids in a minute anyway. Because <laughs> white babies are going to marry somebody black. That's right. And we're all going to be the same. We're all going to be mulatto. So, so you, you know, might as well get used, get, to get, get used to it and do all you want to. But that's probably one of the main reasons why they will probably lose this election. 
again. The because, Republicans? Mm-hmm. I would venture to say, listen, you piss off. White women all, traditionally vote in line with their husbands. Absolutely. 1,000% it is noted. This is not This is not conjecture. This is a fact. But when they are getting in there and they are realizing that we don't have the right to terminate a pregnancy and my life is potentially at risk. Right. And I cannot, if I spontaneously even of, miscarry. Even in cases. Of, yes, of rape, incest, and the rape, life of the mother. Incest, yeah, that's crazy. And I am, I cannot, sponta- I can spontaneously abort. Then I can go to jail. Right. Because I'm going to have the cops looking into whether I threw myself down the steps or if I'm going to have to carry a baby to term who has in, uh, who has a in, in, what is it, encephalopathy, in, in, right. encephalitis. That's what right. a water a baby has water on the brain or any of those things where the baby cannot survive. But I'm going to have to carry a term the baby for to term for that. No matter that. Half the time, these fetuses aren't viable. They release toxins into the the, the bloodstream of the mother. The woman gets tex, uh, sepsis and then can potentially die. So you're telling me that I, in order to get pregnant, that I would have to subject myself to that? No, thank you. Yeah. So go and snip your own penis. Yes, yeah, go, go ahead. Snip, snip your own t- penis. Snip your tubes. Yeah, let me. And once they do that, and once they can mandate that, start with the step. We don't get pregnant by ourselves. It no, takes two people. Takes two you people. need to have a sperm released to 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 uh, fertilize an egg. Absolutely. So let's start with the source. Snip your own tubes. Yeah, but they're not gonna do that. No, they're not. So don't tell me what to do about with my with my womb. That ain't gonna happen. Get out of it. Stay out of it. Yeah, and I got that, daughters. So I don't want nobody to tell can my you, daughters. But no, what and to I do. and I and I hate to say your daughters, but I would have to personalize this. Okay, you right. live in Georgia. Yeah. If your daughters get pregnant, they and they don't want their baby, you cannot have an abortion here after what is it six weeks? Wow. You don't even know that they're most women don't, don't even know, know they're, they're pregnant, pregnant. Right. At six weeks. So what are you going to do? Like, that's the thing that people need to realize in Georgia, which is a swing state. If you have a child, if you or your daughter gets pregnant, you have six weeks to have an abortion. If not, you are stuck with that baby. Wow. And try to go out of state to have to have an abortion. That's illegal, too. huh? They are trying to really make it so. Wow. In Texas, they are. Yeah. So I'm saying like these are things and, and Is this just the amount of every damn body nerve. vying to be the president of the United States? Because it seems like the Florida governor, DeSantis, the Satanist, I call him, is trying to do the worst things he can do. The Florida, the, the governor of Georgia, trying to do it. seems like everybody got their eye on that one thing. Yeah. Let me try to out conservative yeah. the next person. So now, the one I thing I can say about Kemp, I'm not a Kemp supporter. But Kemp is no way, by any stretch of the imagination, as bad as the rest of them. <laughs> I, th- I mean, it, it's it's terrible to say. I mean, but you have to measure them on a on a continuum, right? Who's who's the worst of the worst? Right. And DeSantis, he's never gonna make it. He's been pissed off everybody. He's been pissed off, you know, the gays. Yeah. You got that gay mafia, like we, they're not having it. it. No. Don't mess so with them. you didn't pissed off kids. Transgender kids, you know, kids of voting you age, pissed off the Latino everybody. population. Yes, in everybody, Florida. right, right. It's like everybody. Like you have made enemies out of. Who do you like? Who does DeSantis like? White people. Yeah, that's it. They can't carry the vote by themselves. No, not in Florida. Nope, nowhere. Not anywhere, but certainly not in Florida. And like, I mean, Lily White. That's it. White, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, straight male. Male. male, correct. Male, male, male. It's all white, about male, white Anglo- male. Right, white male, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant. Like right. that's it. Straight, right. Straight. Did you see the guy at the Trump rally with the shirt that said "Niggas for Trump"? I didn't. 
<laughs> well, you see what happened to the last nigga that was for Trump is still sitting in jail. Talking about you can't pay your bond. Good. See what happens when you flip sides like That's that? You can't pay happens, your bond. Man. And he had a prior. He should have thought about that. He had a prior, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to jail. Oh, yeah. They were like, you see what happened to the Proud Boys? Lisa Bonnet, we, can, can you tell everybody the name of the book again, please? It's called The Legalities of Entrepreneurship. Buy this book. Will you please come back? I will. Next time you come, come we ain't going to talk nothing but politics. Oh, I will. All right, please bet. have me back to talk right, about bet, politics. Bet, bet, yo, this, <laughs> Lisa is amazing. This has been Come On Son, the podcast, The Legalities of Entrepreneurship by Lisa Bonnet, Esquire, okay? three-day California bond pass on the first go-round. <laughs> you heard it right here. Or come on, son, the podcast. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about you next week. Take care of yourselves. This is Come On, son, the podcast. Now get the fuck out of here with that <laughs> bullshit. Peace, y'all. Come on, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. Come on, son, son. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 